many people in the military are very familiar with a word called loyalty. And they're familiar with it because they'll tell you that when they're in a fighting hole, they don't really care which side they're fighting for so long as they can count on the person that's right beside them. Because most of the time they don't have a clue as to what the politics are that are involved and why they're even fighting. It's just what they do for a living. They go. But because of those situations, they learn to depend on one another and count on one another. So therefore, they give their loyalty over to that person. They will do almost anything for them. And I think the question that we ask today is, where does our loyalty lie? Does it lie with God or does it lie with man? Because there may be days in our lives when we may have to choose between the loyalty of our best friends over our loyalty to God. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 5, 27 through 32. The Word of God says, The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. And so in the Holy Spirit whom God has given those who obey him. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today and again thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. And Father, just ask that on this day that you be with me, give me guidance and direction in the words to speak. Empty me and help me stay focused and obedient to your call. Let your spirit fill me that every word I speak would be representative of you for the edification of your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. A little background on the passage of Scripture we just read. It was not long after Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead that these events took place. Matter of fact, the apostles were still in Jerusalem at that time. They haven't wandered out into the other regions surrounding them at that point. And they were actually in the temple courts preaching and teaching. And Peter had had gained such a great name for himself as having the power to, to heal and teach that people would come into the temple courts just to be in his presence. And it weren't just people from Jerusalem. Scripture says that people from other towns outside of Jerusalem who had heard about the the message of Christ being raised and the miracles that were still being performed would bring their sick and their dying to Peter. This particular passage of Scripture says something unique kind of reminiscent of, of Christ. You remember the, 
story about the lady who, who wanted to teeth, reach out and touch Jesus, hoping that she would be healed just because she touched him. And she wasn't physically able to touch his physical body, but she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus felt the, the healing power leave his body as she was healed. Peter was having that same type of experience with people. Scriptures say that some wanted to just be able to stand in his shadow, thinking that that would be enough for them to be healed. You see, the religious leaders of the day didn't care too much for what was happening. See, they wanted and they had hoped that by putting Jesus to death that, that they would kill the ministry that was created. But it appears that instead of killing it, they inspired it to grow even more. That even in the physical absence of Christ himself, his teachings and the miracles of God continued. And the Pharisees and all the religious leaders, they didn't like it. They wanted to get rid of them. So what they did is they had the apostles arrested and, and thrown in jail. And while they were sitting in jail, an angel of God came in the night and opened the door to set them free. But he didn't just set them free for, for any reason. They were set free and, and given a mission to carry out. It wasn't to flee the land, but to go right back to where they were at and continue doing what it was that they were doing, to go back to the temple courts and continue to preach Christ crucified, that people would live And when the high priest gathered with the Sanhedrin the next morning and went to the court or went to the prison and found that the apostles were missing, they were beside themselves. And that brings us up to where we're at now. The loyalty of these men to God had to be great. Would it not? I mean, if you were imprisoned for doing something and you were miraculously set free, would you not flee the area that brought you to that hardship to start with? Would you not go somewhere that was, that was safer where you know that you wouldn't be bothered or where your freedom wouldn't be taken away from you? I don't think there's anything wrong in saying yes to that statement. That would be the, the first thing that, that I would do. But we have to remember that when that door came open, they weren't just given their freedom. They were given the command. Go back to where you are at and finish what was started. It takes a lot of boldness to do something like that. And I think that, that as Christians, that's what we're called to, is to be bold. But, but let me 
talk about boldness for just a moment. I don't think it's what we understand boldness to be. I think that when we think about being bold, what we think about is being loud. I'm the loudest one in the room, so therefore I'm the boldest in the room. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I think, how I should. And that might be how the world views boldness. But it's not how God views boldness. Boldness, when approached and utilized, must be done so with humility. You see, when God sends us out to, to perform a task, oftentimes we don't have the tools or the equipment or resources to fulfill it in the vision or the hope that we see it. Oftentimes we are limited to what we have, but we have to believe what it is that God has spoken to us. We have to believe that, that the hope that God has planted in our heart is real. In order for us to chase that, we have to be confident. And that confidence isn't found within our own ability. And that confidence isn't found in the resources around us or the friends or the people who impact us in our daily lives. That confidence has to be found in one place and in one place only, and that is God and God alone. And because we, we build that confidence, we learn that we can trust and depend on God, and from that point forward, we depend on God with our loyalty. We become loyal to God. We pledge our obedience to him. God meets us halfway. He doesn't just send us out and leave us hanging as we grow in our walk. We're like babes sometimes that, that can only take milk. But as they grow and mature and experience life and growth, they begin to eat more solid foods. And as we begin to experience God in the little things, when we experience a defeat or another defeat and another defeat and then a great victory, it does something with inside of us, or it should do something with inside of us. It should tell us that, that, you know, in those difficult times, I came to understand that, that I can't depend upon myself and my own ability to consistently walk with God and accomplish those things that he put before me because we can't walk in our own strength. It is the power of God working through the Holy Spirit that stands us up. When things look bad, it is the power of God that works in our hearts and our minds that, that defeats the, the, the fakeness of the world, that defeats the desire in our own lives to give up when God is saying, keep moving forward. We can't do it within our own ability because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Today, we could look at our circumstances, and we could say we are not going to make it. But the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and our souls and our minds and tells you to keep pushing forward, keep moving, don't stop, don't give up, keep doing what I called, it is, called you to do. And I will meet you every step of the way. And as we experience victory after victory, our confidence grows and our loyalty should move more toward God than for man. 
You see, I'm sure that in all the days that the apostles walked this earth, they had many people who came to them and told them that their mission wasn't going to survive, that their, that their purpose wasn't going to live, that they, just like any other movement that came into town, would soon come to an end without producing fruits. But they chose to, to listen to one that was greater than those outside forces. They chose to listen to the Spirit as it spoke to their heart. And regardless of what those circumstances looked like, they moved forward with their mission. Their mission was not to, to become millionaires. Their mission was not to, to accomplish the next and greatest. Their mission was to do this, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that the world through them, through their message, might be saved. But people are going to tell us all the time that Christ is just a story. That, that God is just a myth. It's a, a bunch of ideas that, that's put out there to, to tell us how to live good, good moral lives. But when we look back into history, we see time and time again the power of God working through people to do great and mighty things. But those people had to make choices about who they were going to be and, and what it was that they were going to believe in and to whom they were going to believe in. See, it wasn't enough for them to stand and say, I believe in God. And I'm going to live for God. Their faith had to be put to the test to determine who they were going to be and to determine how far they would go in their mission. See, after they were released from prison, and they went back to the, to the courts and, and continued to preach and teach and heal in the name of Jesus. Those very ones who came to them again, or came to them the first time, came to them again and told them, we told you, don't do this. Don't teach in the name of Jesus. And the reason they didn't want them to teach in the name of Jesus is because they were being impactful. They were making a change. They were making a difference. They were disrupting the, the normal lifestyle of the Jewish people. Or should I say the Jewish leaders in that time and that day. And they didn't want that to happen. And I think that sometimes we find ourselves in that same situation. You know what? We're all people who make decisions, who impact the world out in our community. That we hear the voices of, of others around us when it's time to make decisions about ourselves or, or even about our communities. When God puts a message in our heart and in our mind to give to the people around us. Or when he calls us to stand before the council of men, knowing that you're the only one who's going to go against the status quo. He didn't call us to follow the crowd. 
He called us to change the crowd through the message that we deliver. And you know, we don't have to, to walk into a courtroom or a council meeting or, or a school building and announce that, that I'm here in the name of God to, to deliver this message from God himself. We don't have to be that obvious with our statements. Truth be known, statements like that would probably push the crowd away more so than gather in. Because, see, people aren't really impacted by our words. But they are impacted by what God does around them in the lives of people like me and you. All we have to simply do is follow our convictions. That if God says, no, don't do something, and the crowd is saying, this is the way to go, you stand your ground with humility. Voice your opinion. And voice what it is that, that God gave you to say. And then leave it alone. Well, how do I change it if I leave it alone? And that was one of the things that I struggle with so many times in life because I want to make a change no matter where I go. I want to see someone who is in harm's way better themselves. But I can't grab them by the hand and make them do what I want. There's one old saying that says that, that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And that is so true. And I don't think that God calls us to, to take people or communities by the hand and drag them along kicking and screaming like some say. But what I have learned is this, and, and I think we see that in the words that we have here today. That if we just deliver the message that God puts in our heart, when he puts in our heart, that the change will gradually happen. You see, the apostles weren't going into other towns and, and paying people to come into Jerusalem. They weren't going into other towns and, and dragging them along. And they weren't going into other towns and finding people and saying, I know your deep, dark secret. I'm going to bribe you or blackmail you to come into Jerusalem and hear me preach. They weren't saying that. They were simply saying this. Jesus died on the cross for you that you may live. That, that he took your sins upon himself that, that you can live without guilt and without shame. He gave the message. And then let the Holy Spirit do the rest. And I'll tell you right now, the thing that scares someone more than a boisterous person is a quiet person. People will tell you all the time, you know, I know what this person over here, I don't know what to expect from them because they're always telling me what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, what they're going to tolerate, what they're not going to tolerate. 
Well, here's what they're doing. They're telling me everything about them. But the quiet person who keeps to themselves, who keeps their identity secret, they don't know what they're going to do. And the only thing that they have to judge that person by are the fruits of their life. And too many times, the outside world looks to Christians in fear because they know that when we come into their lives, we don't just come as a person, but, but we come as an ambassador of God and we bring with us a spirit that may very well make them uncomfortable because they know that that spirit is bringing change. And it may harm that relationship with that person. Because you know what? That person may be your best friend that you've known all your life, that, that you've played Little League with. Or it may be that person that you can always count on to pat your back because you know they've patted yours. But if we want to impact change, we have to decide where our loyalty lies. Do we place our loyalty on man or to God? The apostles gave their loyalty to God. We must obey God rather than human beings. And it wasn't a dig at human beings. It was just saying that, 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 that my gratitude toward God is so great that, that I choose him above my friend. That God has been such a blessing to me that I can never turn my back from him that whatever he asks of me, I will do. See, what the high priest didn't want to deal with was this. They didn't want to deal with the reality that the one that they put on a cross and crucified was the Son of God. And we know that from the Scriptures. See, this was their response, the religious leaders of the day, to the lowly old apostles. They were fearful that, that they were going to have to face the reality that, that what they did wasn't as popular as what they thought and that it was going to change their community as a whole 
And they did everything they could to dig in and keep that from happening. After their encounter with the apostles in the courtyard for the second time, one of the religious leaders said, take the apostles and send them outside. Send them away from us because I want to have a conversation with you that I don't want them to hear because I don't want them to know the impact that they are having on the community in which they reside. We don't want them to know because we want them to go away. And the Pharisee addressed the entire Sanhedrin and he said to them these things. Twice we know that that someone has come into our community teaching a philosophy that we didn't want. And twice those who came in had a great following. And twice those leaders were put to death. And twice those followers scattered. And the movement stopped. And he said, you know, and, and if we look at that history and we rely on, on, on people always doing what they always do, then, then we could say that, that if we put these guys to death also, then, then their followers would flee and scatter. And this movement would too stop. But this Pharisee noticed something different about the apostles. He noticed that, that the words that they were speaking are truth words. That when they, they go out, they don't just go out into emptiness, but they fulfill the purpose that God intended. And they made a difference in the lives of the people in that community. He saw that. And he saw that, that the followers were dedicated to the cause. And he told the Sanhedrin these very words. Don't put them to death. Leave them alone. Because this group is different than the other groups. And he said that if you don't leave them alone, you're not going to be contending with men. You're going to be contending with God. Isn't it remarkable how the people who despised us most began to recognize the reality of what God does through his children. He didn't just do it in the early days of the church. He does it now. You see, you may be one person. And your statement or your stance that God calls you to make may cause a mighty army to rise up against you. But if you simply do what God calls you to do 
and speak what God calls you to speak. Nothing more and nothing less. The people will not just recognize your authority and gain a respect for you, but they will recognize the power of God working through you to bring about his will in this world. You are a powerful people. Never look at circumstance and have it dictate your steps. Trust in the Spirit as God leads you. And let your loyalty fall on God and not man. And in doing so, God will work miracles through you and for you until your dying day. But the choice is up to us. Where does your loyalty lie? Does it lie to God? Or does it lie upon man? Let us pray. Father God, I come before you and thank you for the time that you've given us today. And Father, as we get prepared to move out of this church house into our world, Help us to be those people who would be loyal to you in all that you call us to. And help us to be those people that are bold enough to, to carry your message into the, into the schoolhouse and into the workhouse and, and into every part of the community that you call us to. Help us to share your words of hope and inspiration. And help us to be proponents of change. as we reach out to a community of people that are dying to be found, that they may be found in Christ Jesus for the edification of church, the continuance of life, and the hope of your kingdom in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Lord God, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for praising you. I thank you for all, all you do for us. I thank you, God, for the good Lord and faithful and first. And thank you, God, for your prayer. Amen. Amen.